Happy Sunday, everyone. Let's all greet each other. Happy Sunday. It's a hopeful house. Praise be to God. Happy birthday. <laughs> How good it is to give thanks to the Lord. Amen. Amen. Alright. Welcome, welcome, welcome to everyone. How are you today? Are you okay? I hope so. I hope you're not just okay. I hope you're great. Yes. Alright. Wow, I'm so blessed. You know, as a pastor, when I see a full house, I'm really blessed. Because that means only one thing. That God's people desire to worship Him. See, it's not about CCF. It's not about anyone else except the Lord Jesus Christ. And your presence here communicates to me as your pastor that you want to worship God. So, we can take our seats now and commit the time to the Lord as we listen to His Word. Our guest speaker this morning is so familiar to you. He's been here since uh, the very beginning. And uh, his name is me. So I'm sorry you have no choice again but uh, to listen to me. <laughs> Are you learning a lot from the series on intimacy? I am. I myself. And I've read the Bible. I, I've learned many lessons from the Bible. But this series on intimacy is really something that is God sent. I've shared with you in the past how I uh, was convicted by this uh, series and uh, how I have uh, written our senior pastor and I have asked uh, his forgiveness over my attitude towards him because it was not right. It was not glorifying to God that any Christian, for that matter, would harbor such ill feelings especially a pastor towards his senior pastor. So that's a lesson I'm learning. You know, and that's why I say that this series has really been a blessing and I hope it is also a blessing to you. Last week we discussed a message on intimacy through hungering and thirsting for God. Pursuing righteousness. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. We, we looked at some data about some really, really rich and famous people who ended up committing suicide. Rockefeller, who was asked, how much money do you still have, want to make? His answer, just a little more. The founder of Kodak. You know Kodak? The film? It's all digital now, right? Eastman. Eastman Kodak. George Eastman, who lived in a 22-room mansion. I was going to say condominium. <laughs> a 22-room mansion had breakfast by himself. And after breakfast, retired to his room and said, I'm finished. Why wait? Then he pulled out his pistol and blew his brains out. Money doesn't make it. Success doesn't make it. What makes it? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And the promises of God is what? They shall be filled. 
the only assurance I can give us is that if we pursue God and God's righteousness, the promise of God is you will be satisfied. So don't pursue anything or anyone else because it won't satisfy you. In every man there is a God-shaped vacuum and people try to fill it with things and even other people. It can only be filled by God. Amen? So, this morning, I'd like to give us a message still on intimacy, of course. Why is your wife behind you? Why are you not... You are not intimate? Oh, we have a problem, Brother Romy. Okay. Okay, everyone, I need your attention, please. Maybe we should... uh, Turn off the lights. This is a short video. It's less than a minute. But I want you to play, clo- to play close attention. Okay? What do we see here? Uh, especially this guy over here. Right? Oh, is he looking at us? Oh, yeah. I think... Wait. I don't look like a... F- piece of meat do I? But what what do you notice about them? Like begging. Why 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 do you say this like begging? So you think he's hungry? You think these dogs are hungry? No? They have their three uh food bowls here. Right? So it's about meal time, right? Alright? Are you ready? Pay close attention. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eight. You want to see that again? <laughs> okay, lights please. What do you think our message is this morning? Wait. These are dogs. And you, you throw a piece of meat to a dog, right? And they'll immediately grab it, right? So, these dogs were tested. They did not eat. Even if the food was right in front of them, they did not eat until they heard the command, eat. Now the owner, I don't know if he's a scientist or one, very long, two. He could have just said, eat. He counted one to ten. I, 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 I thought it, when I saw this, I thought it would be only up to three. One, two, three, no. Two, four, five. Only when, he, when the dogs heard the command to eat, that was the only time that they ate. They had to wait for the command of their master. Now here's another waiting test. These dogs were waiting. Now here is another waiting test. No, I'm not going to give you a piece of paper and a pencil. Here is the waiting test. Have you been in such a place? You have a doctor's appointment. Your doctor's appointment is at 10 o'clock. You arrive at 9.55 to make your appointment in time. Only to find out that there were 20 other people ahead of you. And you're waiting and waiting and waiting for your name to be called. And you're looking at your watch. It's now 10.30. The next time you look, it's 11. And your name is still not being called. So, what do you do? Do you, are you happy to catch up on the 1993 Reader's Digest? Some of you don't know the Reader's Digest anymore. Some of you know National Geographic, right? Why? Since it's probably the only time you will ever have a chance to read that particular article or that book. Or you decide to... (coughs) start coughing so that the other patients will will think that you have something contagious 
and they will decide to go home and reschedule their appointment. Or, even worse, what? You fall on the ground and start hyperventilating so that the doctor will see you immediately. Emergency case ka alobra sa Why? Because you don't like to wait. How many of you like to wait? How many of you love to wait? Right? Some of us are more patient than others. But as a matter of fact, we don't like to wait. Right? We, we set our appointment schedule so that we don't miss our appointment schedule. Right? So we map out the whole day because we have an appointment to make. So you're at your doctor's. This is probably God's also intimate communication to me. My wife has been uh, asking me to have a colonoscopy. I said, why are you so mad at my uh, behind? No, but you're already this. The last time you have the colonoscopy was like this, like that. So I was putting it off. Finally, okay, okay, doc, my wife, okay, they gave the order. But something went wrong there. It didn't push through. My doctor also says I'm pre-diabetic. But of course, I'm again in denial. No, I'm not yet diabetic. You know, a little exercise and this and that. So we get the insurance thing squared out. I get another appointment letter. So okay. I go to the appointment. The nurse says, why are you here today, sir? Uh, I'm supposed to have a colonoscopy. You're in the wrong doctor's clinic. I said, why? This is for diabetes. So God must be te- mother, God must be telling me something. God must be telling me something. You know, I'm, I don't want the colonoscopy. I'm saying I'm not diabetic, and here I am. I'm at the doctor's clinic, and he says, yeah, well, yes, you are, but, you know, this and that. Well, you know, that's listening to God, I think. Because I would have walked out maybe before. No, they, they sent me the wrong appointment letter. I'll just reschedule. But no, I said, since I'm there, might as well. Right? You see, our timing is not necessarily God's timing. That's the problem. For example, here in America, and I hope they do it in the Philippines, every year, what do you do? Spring for... Hindi mo cleaning. Timing eh. Alam ko na kung sino naglilinis sa bahay nyo. Every spring, what do you do? Spring, forward. You forward, you move your timepieces one hour ahead. If you did not. Mamaya pa... Or vice versa. Right? If you don't adjust your clocks, you will be off timing. Right? So, there is this story about this banker. Okay? This story about this banker. And he encountered this passage. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years like a day. Have you encountered this verse in your reading? Yes. So, he told God, God, isn't it that with you a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years like a day? Therefore, a million dollars to you is just like one cent. Banker eh. You know how bankers think? Pera. God said, yes. Okay, God. If a million dollars to you is like one cent, can I have one cent? God said, okay. Just a minute. You do the math. If one day is a thousand years, you compute what a minute is going to take you. Maybe it will take you many lifetimes before you get that one cent, which in God's economy is a million dollars. See the mindset of the banker. Yeah, a banker, they want the return on their investment immediately. I know this. I have worked for a financial institution for 20 years. The last five years with the Philippine Stock Exchange. When you can buy a stock at Bell at 9.30 and make money at 9.35. My family knows this. I was literally giving money away. Why? It's just a piece of paper. I just punch in the computer. I get my invoices. At the end of the day, I make money. Here. Oh, I, I heard it's your birthday. Here's my invoice. Sayo na yan. 
When you lose money, it's the same thing. And you lose even more than what you gain. Believe me. Now, some serious things that we wait for. Some serious things. Alright? Young couple who's been waiting for a child. That's serious. We've been praying for certain people in our congregation. Amen? This is serious stuff. Some parents cannot even wait the nine months. But how about those who God has not yet gifted with a child? Or a single person who is wondering if God may have marriage for his or her future. Meron ba kayo nun? May kilala kayong ganun? Pastor. Usually the women are more, you know. Sorry ah. But, Pastor. Ano kaya? May, asan ang GB? Ano ang GB? God's best. Ayan. Tanong mo si E. Sinong E? E-harmony. <laughs> Wala na talaga eh. E-harmony na lang Christian Mingle. No? Kasi hindi na makapag-antay eh. So the other one naman, on the other side, is a, is a man. He's asking my counsel. So I said, Pastor, what do you think? You know, I'm already almost 40. I still don't have a girlfriend. You know, I want to have a wife and a family. Oh, you know, brother, is it not possible that God has gifted you with the gift of single blessedness. Ay, hindi, Pastor! I know myself, I'm not destined to become single. Galit na galit! No, Pastor, I know I'm not... <laughs> but these are serious stuff. You know, if you're married, waiting for a child. If you're single, you're waiting for your spouse. Ay, how about this one? The spouse who is stuck in a very difficult marriage. Oh. What does the Bible say? You are married to your spouse for as long as he lives. Oh. And you're stuck. What was the topic of Bible studies this week? The reality of heaven and hell. I submit to you if you are married to the wrong person, that is hell on earth. Yes? You cannot get out. And maybe you're praying, Mahal ka naman ni Lord. Kunin ka na. Because you're stuck. Look at this. People cannot wait to get into a relationship. And there are people who cannot wait to get out of a relationship. If it's not in God's timing, boy, we're in trouble. Or a worker who feels stuck in a dead-end job and desires a more meaningful career. Yours truly. Yours truly. But you know, in God's timing, He will make it clear to you what you should do. God is maybe teaching you something. Right? But if you're on God's timing, you will not worry, you will not fear. And one day, someone from our fellowship will come up here and share his experience. Four years and two months. Waiting and waiting. Continuing to do his part until God finally answered. You want to know who he is? Ah, you keep coming back to worship. And one of these days, he will come up here and give a testimony. But how about if you're this person diagnosed with a terminal disease and you're waiting to get healed? Our friend Lut, those of you who know and read our emails, Lut Fernandez who was praying and praying for God's healing until finally last Wednesday, was it? Last Tuesday at 9.05, right in the middle of our Bible study, God decided to intervene sovereignly and he decided to just take her home. She battled with cancer. How are you going to tell such a person, hang in there. Hang in there. You spent all of your money, seen all kinds of doctors, but still nothing is happening. Wait on the Lord, Kala. Wait on the Lord. Oh. I'm telling you, 
I was called into such a, such a situation many years ago in the Philippines. When I came into the room, the guy who had blood cancer, you know, he was so bad, his eyes were red, lesions already on his tongue, his hair, most of us are Filipino naman, ano? parang bunot, brown and brittle. The moment I came into the room, the nurse said, Pastor is here. Oh, Pastor is here? Everybody out. Kinilabutan ako. Sabi ko, anong gagawin sa akin ito? Everybody out. So I sat down beside him. He was in his bed. He could not even gulp a drink of water anymore because it was so painful. He was on morphine. He said, Pastor, I don't want you to pray for my healing. I want to die. Galing akong pastor. Okay, I will not pray for your healing. Sabi mo, ayaw mo eh. Why will I force myself upon you, di ba? Okay, I will respect your desires. I will not pray for your healing. But let me ask you, when you die, where will you go? I'm not a doctor. But I know the Word of God. That if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, no matter what disease you have, when you die, you will go to heaven. At the end of the day, at the end of our time, his demeanor changed because I shared with him Romans where it says, these light and momentary afflictions are producing for you a glory that outweighs it all. And he realized that life here on earth is temporary, but life in heaven is eternal. So he, he, his countenance changed. And just, you know, God's perfect timing, when we said amen, the nurse walks in the room. It's time for another morphine shot. After two weeks, he passed away. There are serious things that people wait for. And if we are not in God's timing, we will struggle. We will be uneasy. So what do you think our message is this morning? Intimacy with God enables you to wait. If you are intimate with God, that intimacy will translate in an attitude that you can wait for God and you can wait on God. Right? And our reading will come from Isaiah chapter 40, verse 25 through 31. Why don't we stand as we honor the reading of God's Word? It will be in the overhead so that uh, we will not sound like the United Nations. Verse 25. To whom then will you liken me, that I would be his equal, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes on high, and see who has created these stars, the one who leads forth their host by number. He calls them all by name, because of the greatness of his power and might. Why do you say, O Jacob, and assert, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? And the justice due me escapes the notice of my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired. His understanding is inscrutable. He gives strength to the weary. And to him who lacks might, he increases power. Though youths grow weary and tired, and vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Lord, if not for your word, Lord, we have no direction. We have no guidance. We have nothing to cling on. So, Father, as we share this message, Lord God, from your word, will you speak to us, Lord? Prepare our hearts. Give us wisdom and understanding, but also the boldness, Lord, and the desire to obey you. Father God, nothing... Is just for information. We desire transformation, Lord God, and we commit this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. We may be seated. Actually, just you. I cannot sit here in front of you and, and preach, so you may be seated. Now let's look at some definitions. Wait. In Hebrew is kava. Kinakava kava? Yan. Wait kanang. Wait or hope has the idea of binding together. It's like that piece of string there. 
You see, one strand of string by itself can easily be broken. You know, if you have attended the CCF wedding ceremony, we always refer to the book of Ecclesiastes, that a strand of three is not easily broken. So, that's the idea of waiting. It has the idea of hope. It's like a strand of cord and twisting many strands together until they form a stronger cord over here. Renew, which we learn from that they will soar like wings of evil. They will gain new strength. Means to change or exchange. So, what is the Bible telling us from our reading? That if you wait on the Lord, God will exchange your strength for His strength. Now, whose strength would you rather have? Your strength or the strength of the Lord? The strength of the Lord. So, what's the key? You and I must wait on the Lord. Are we on the same page? Yes. Now, what does waiting on the Lord mean? True waiting on the Lord is a confident, expectant hope that sometimes requires a desperate clinging on to God. True waiting on the confident, expectant hope. That sometimes requires desperate clinging to God. You're so desperate already that you have no recourse but to cling on to God and wait for His timing. Lord, tagal, ano nangyayari? Nothing is happening. In our eyes, nothing is happening. But if you're waiting on the Lord, God is doing something in the background, like the background music that we are hearing there, <laughs> that is making us a little more difficult to concentrate. But see, we're waiting on the Lord. Lord, we are waiting that they will end their thing there so that we can... <laughs> See? It's not waiting and doing nothing. It's not waiting and just being desperate because the Bible It's a confident and expectant hope that God is going to do something. It's not waiting and clinging on to your situation. It's waiting and clinging on to God. Now, the Bible says we must wait because the Bible commands, as a matter of fact, 43 times to wait. Now, we're not going to go through all 43. Psalm 27, verse 4. Can we read this? Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait on the Lord. See, while the psalmist is telling us to wait, the psalmist is also telling us, be strong and courageous. Tibayan nyo kalooban ninyo. Habang nag-aantay, Tibayan nyo kalooban ninyo. Yes, wait on the Lord. In one psalm, it's said twice. Psalm 37, verse 7. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Do not fret because, him, because of Him who prospers in His ways, because of the man who carries out wicked schemes. Rest in the Lord. If you're intimate with God, no matter what situation you're going through, you can feel at rest. You can feel secure in the Lord. Wait patiently. Hindi yung nagwe-wait ka. Tapagkatapos, pag kinuha ni God yung stethoscope niya, kung meron man siya, lalagay niya sa heart ninyo. Yes, Lord. Wait patiently on the Lord. He is doing something. May kanta nga, di ba? When you cannot see the hand of God, what? Ano yung kanta kung alam ninyo? Trust His heart. If you can't see His hand, trust His heart. Does God love you? Does God want to bless you? If God wants to bless you and God loves you, is the blessing coming? When? Uh, in His time. Don't ask me, I don't know. All I know is in His time. So look, Psalm 64. From the, can we read this? I like this. From the days of old, they have not heard or perceived by ear, nor has the eye seen as God beside you, who acts in behalf of those who waits for Him. What is God doing? What is God going to do? He is going to act. On whose behalf? For those who wait. For those who wait for Him. Not just wait. Wait for God. 
He's gonna act. So if you know God intimately, you can rest in the promise, in the assurance that one of these days, He's going to move. One of these days, He's going to answer in His way and His time. John Ortberg, author of Get Out of the Boat. Biblical waiting is not just something we have to do until we get what we want. Remember the dogs? They wanted that food. But they were waiting. Waiting for the command. What was the command? Eat! Waiting is part of the process. Okay? Let's read this together. Waiting is part of the process of becoming what God wants us to be. Not we want to be what God wants us to be. Many times we go to God. God, this is what I want for me. We should retune. We should fine-tune our prayer. Lord, what is it that you want for me? That's acknowledging the will of God and being open to God's will for your life. So waiting is part of the process of becoming what God wants us to be. Now let's look at some men who waited for God. Okay? I'm not trying to scare you. Some of them are short waiting periods. Some are very long. David had to wait 15 years to become king. He was already anointed. But he had to wait. Why? Because King Saul was still king. And King Saul was still alive. So he had to wait 15 years before he actually took the throne. Moses, ayan, pahaba ng pahaba. Moses had to wait 40 years in the desert before God called him to deliver the people. Moses spent 40 years as the prince in Egypt. Then God moved him to 40 years in the wilderness where he had to unlearn everything. When he was in Egypt, he had chariots. When he was in the desert, all he had was he became a shepherd. And then, after 40 years, God called him to bring the Israelites out of slavery and bring them to a good and spacious land. Abraham. Yeah, those of you who are 75 and older. Abraham, at the age 75, had to wait 25 years for a child. Why did this happen? Why did this happen? Why did Abraham have to wait 25 years? Because this was God's timing. God promised Abraham in the book of Genesis, you will be a great nation and all nations will be blessed through you. How can this be? I'm 75. My wife, Sarah, is barren. Orotna. 25 years. Did God fulfill His promise? Yes. And through Abraham's seed comes the genealogy of Christ until we have the Lord Jesus. God's timing. Paul, in the book of Galatians, after he encountered Jesus Christ on his road, on his way to Damascus, he was trained one-on-one sila ni God. Nga lang saan? Sa desierto. Three years. He was sent to Arabia for three years. Those of you who were with us during the book of Galatians, we we encountered this verse. After three years, Paul returned. How about Joseph? Where's Joseph? There. Joseph had to wait 13 years. Maybe you don't know who Joseph is. Yeah. Maybe he's more familiar. Joseph what? The dreamer. He was a younger son. And God gave him a dream. And in that dream, he told his father and he told his brothers, you are going to bow down to me. Aba? Ano? Kami? Diba? So what did his brothers do? His brothers decided to kill him. May eh. But instead of killing him, they sold him to slavery. So what happened? Joseph was sold into slavery. He was brought to Egypt. He had a dream in Genesis chapter 37. He was sold to slavery in verse 28. And then, while he was enslaved, or he was in Egypt, he became 
the major domo. Ayan. Mayrodomo. Yayo. Okay? He was in charge of Potiphar's house. Everything in Potiphar's house was at his disposal. Potiphar did not need to worry about anything because he fully trusted David. Nga lang, Mrs. Potiphar, wala siyang pangalan eh, Mrs. Potiphar had an interest in David. In Joseph. Kita, you're alert. Because the music is now off. Praise God. Joseph was enticed, but Joseph remained true to himself. He said no. So Mrs. Potiphar came up with the story. She tried to uh, bring Joseph to bed. And Joseph nagpumiglas, tore off part of his clothing and, and told her husband, Joseph was put in jail. In jail, because he was falsely imprisoned in Genesis chapter 39, two people approached him, a cupbearer and a baker. And we had a dream, what's going to happen to us? To the one, he said, you're going to lose your head, literally. To the other one, he said, this is my interpretation, you will live. The other one died, the other one lived. Their agreement was, can you tell Pharaoh about me? The problem was, he forgot. For two years, he forgot until Pharaoh had a dream. When Pharaoh had a dream, the cupbearer remembered, Oh, there's someone in your prison, in your jail, who could interpret dreams. So he was called up. He interpreted the dream. And he told Pharaoh, Pharaoh, there will be seven years of plenty. After that, seven years of famine. In other words, make a long story short, Pharaoh put Joseph in charge of Egypt. It was as if Joseph was Pharaoh. Everything that he commanded was fulfilled. Pharaoh even gave him the signet ring, which is a sign of power. Right? So what happened? Because of this, in Genesis chapter 46, the Israelites were saved from the famine. They were brought into Egypt. And as the Israelites were brought into Egypt, Joseph was also reunited with his own family. His brothers who decide, who wanted to kill him, but instead sold him to slavery. Why, why, why was Joseph there? God's timing. So, what was Joseph's example in waiting? Verse 21, The Lord was with Joseph and extended kindness to him and gave him favor in the sight of the chief jailer. The chief jailer committed to Joseph's charge all the prisoners who were in the jail. Verse 23, the chief jailer did not supervise anything under Joseph's charge. Why? Because the Lord was with Joseph. That's in the jail. How about in Pharaoh? Then Pharaoh took his signet ring from his finger, put it on Joseph's finger, dressed him in robes of fine linen, and put a gold chain around his neck. He had him ride in a chariot as his second in command. And the men shouted before him, Make way! Thus he put him in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Why? Because the Lord was with Joseph. Now, it's payback time. My brothers who sold me to slavery, my brothers who initially wanted to kill me, now I'm in charge. <laughs> it's payback time. How good it is to give thanks. Because payback time, man. What did he say? From Joseph, who became, who was the dreamer, he now became. Now he's the new prince of Egypt. Everything that he said was as if the, it was as if Pharaoh had commanded it. So it's payback time. Bring in the Israelites. Bring my brothers before me. Genesis 50, verse 20. As for you, he was talking to his brothers. As for you, you meant evil against me. But God meant it for good in order to bring about this present result to preserve many people alive. He could have gotten his revenge. But you see, Joseph was intimate with God. 
So his attitude was, even if you meant it for evil, God meant it for good. See, you are alive. See, the Israelites are alive. So God allowed it, allowed me to go through what happened because he had something in store. You see, fathers know, Father knows best. His timing is always perfect. And you can only live that, live that out if you're intimate with God. You see, intimacy enables you to wait. If you're not intimate, if you don't know God, you will not want to wait. You will be impatient. You will struggle. Now, there was a king, the king before King David, who refused to wait. King Saul refused to wait. He was the first king. But he refused to wait. In 1 Samuel, verse 8, Now he waited seven days according to the appointed time set by Samuel. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal, and the people were scattering from him. So Saul said, Bring to me the burnt offering and the peace offerings. And he offered the burnt offering. As soon as he finished offering the burnt offering, behold, Samuel came. And Saul went out to meet him and greet him. But Samuel said, What have you done? Samuel told Saul to go ahead of him to Gilgal. Wait seven days. And he, Samuel, would do the offering. During their time, it was only the priest who could do the offering. But th this was in front of a battle. And the people were already getting scared. And some of his troops were already going home. What was the command to him? Wait seven days. Who is going to do the offering? Samuel was going to do the offering. What happened? Panic. Philippines, ba uso yun? Panic buying? May bagyo, panic buying, panic na. Gugutom tayong lahat. He waited seven days according to the appointed time set by Samuel. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal. Naubos na ba yung seven days? Hindi pa. If it's still on the seventh day, hanggang 12 midnight yun. Di ba? So it was the seventh day, but the seventh day was not yet finished. So what did he do? Because he decided not to wait. Give me the offering. Give me the peace offering. Give me the burnt offering. I'll offer it myself. Was he authorized to do that? Answer? No. But because he did not wait on God, he didn't wait for Samuel to arrive, he went ahead and did what he was not authorized to do. Why do I say the seventh days was not yet finished? Because look, as soon as he finished the offering, who came? Samuel came. The guy who was authorized to do it. The prophet Samuel. What was the consequence? Verse 11, Samuel said, What have you done? His answer, I thought now the Philistines will come down against me at Gilgal, and I have not sought the Lord's favor. So I felt compelled to offer the burnt offering. Maganda naman yung perspective niya, di ba? Talo kami if we do not seek God's favor. If God is not with us, we will lose the battle. Nga lang, what did he do? He did something that he was not authorized to do. So the consequence, you acted foolishly, Samuel said. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God. If you had, he would have established your kingdom over Israel for all time. But now, your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him leader over his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. Because of this one act of disobedience, because nagpanik siya, because he did not wait on God's timing, the kingdom was removed from him. The next king was King David. How long did King David have to wait before he assumed the throne? Fifteen years. Saul pursued him. He wanted to kill David. Took fifteen years. But did David assume the throne? Yes. On his hand? No. When Saul died, that was the only time that King David assumed the throne. Now look at Saul's failure to obey. 
Number one, he focused on the situation, not on the Lord. Human eyes. Wow, my people are scattering. They're afraid. I got to do something. No. God's got to do something. His lack of intimacy and trust in God. He didn't trust God. Yes, he told, he said, you know, I have not sought the Lord's favor, but you're not authorized to make the offering. Only the priest can do that. Third, he went ahead of God. What he offered, no, he was not authorized to do it. In his mind, it was the seventh day, but not yet. The seventh day is not yet over. What does the Bible have to say about this? This is a root of pride, of self-sufficiency. Eh, late si Samuel, eh. Unahan ko na to. Baka matalo kami. So, ano nangyari? The kingdom was removed. You see, the Bible is very clear. To obey is better than sacrifice. To heed is better than the fat of brands. You see, a principle that we should remember is the more intimate you are with God, the easier it is to wait for Him. If you look at it in terms of proportion, it's a direct proportion. The higher your intimacy level with God, the higher your tolerance to wait. Yes? But the shorter your intimacy with God, yung PC mo maiksidin. Takal-takal naman ni God. Diba? You heard the message. Nakonvict ka. May pinag-pray ka. Hindi ka pa lumalabas dyan, no? Pastor, I prayed for you. Aba? Galing, ah. Bilis, ah. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes it doesn't. Right? You see, waiting is active. It is not passive. G. Campbell Morgan said this. I shortened it a bit to get the gist of what he's wanting to say. Waiting for God is not, Muna, is not. Waiting for God is not laziness. Going to sleep, the abandonment of effort. Okay? I'm waiting. Nothing is happening. O, bahala na. So, you're not doing anything anymore. That's not waiting. Waiting on God means activity under command. You remember those dogs? They did not eat until the command to eat was given. Readiness for a new command. Okay, God? Wala pang nangyayari dito. Baka meron akong hindi sinusunod. Is there something? What is it? And then, it is to do nothing until the command is given. Remember Saul? He went ahead of God. The command was not given to him to do the burnt offering. It was given to Samuel. But what did he do? Instead of waiting until a new command is given, he went ahead of God. And as the result, he lost the kingdom. He lost the kingdom. So, in a, I'd like, you know, as I was reading this and preparing... Wait for and wait on. Yung wait for has to do with timing. Wala pang nangyayari. Yung wait on, while you're waiting for the timing, you are actively pursuing the will of God. Like a waiter, if you look at this, like a waiter, you're in a restaurant, the waiter is standing there. The moment you raise your hand, if he's alert. Yes, sir. He's at your beck and call. He's at your command. So waiting for God is like a timetable. Waiting on God is being active while you're waiting for God to reveal His will and His answer at His time and in His way. So think about waiting for and waiting on. Because there is a strong possibility that you might be waiting for God, but you're not waiting on God. You're doing your stuff your way. I'm waiting, but you're doing stuff your way. I'm waiting, but you're manipulating the situation. So waiting for God and waiting on God. You are waiting for a command. You are ready 
to hear the command. And the moment you hear the command, you obey immediately. Because to obey is better than sacrifice. So what are the characteristic traits of someone who waits? He tarries with God. Right? I had to change it para tat, apat na T. Madali. Tarry with God means to stay, to continue with your intimacy with God. To remain means to tarry. Okay? Continue with God. Second is to thrive where you're planted. God brought Joseph to be as a slave in Egypt. But what happened? He thrived. He blossomed. He matured when he was in Egypt. Uh, yes, when he was in Egypt. To the point that when it was God's timing already to put him in a position of power, he was ready. Third, be true to yourself. It's okay to be honest with God. God, mahirapan ako rito. Huh? But maintain your integrity. Maintain your integrity while you're waiting. That's what it means to be true to yourself. Maintain your integrity. If you were in Joseph's place, lalaki ka, wala naman si Mr. Ah. Wala naman makakaalam dito. But God knows. God knows. Especially when you're alone. When you're alone, are you maintaining your integrity before God? Especially when you're alone. What are you thinking about? The desires of your heart, the desires of your eyes. Are you really seeking the blessor rather than the blessing? Fourth, take care of your heart or guard your heart. See, the Bible tells us that the heart is what? Deceitful above all else. Who can understand the heart? Only God. Now, if you're intimate with God, you will protect your heart. You will protect your heart. Why can we do this? Because Romans 8.28 says, And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. So does God have a purpose for you? Yes. Do you know the timing of God? No. So since we don't know the timing of God, but we know that God has a good purpose for us, it should encourage us to wait. Don't be a step behind God. Don't be a step before God. Keep in step with God. Then you will always be in the center of God's will. And waiting need not be a burden. Why? Let's look at our main passage as we prepare. To be intimate with God knows all you need to do is look up on the skies and see who created the stars. Who created the stars? God. Did God also create you? Yes. Look at what God knows about the stars. He what? Calls them by name. So if God knows the individual names of the billions and billions of stars in all creation, and He knows your name, what does that tell you? Is He aware of what's going on with you? Intimately and detailedly, does He know everything that's going on? Answer, yes. Yes. You remember part of this we read? Why do you say that God does not know what's going on? God knows the names. Of each individual stars, He knows your name. In the Gospels, He said, He even knows the number of hairs or the number of hairs that you lost. Diba, kailangan balansi kasi ang preaching eh. Diba? Oh, pahabain mo na kasi yan. Not one of them is missing. Not one of them is missing. The stars, all the billions. Wow, falling star. Alam ni God lahat yan. Oh, Pauling, oh, ikaw, sa iyo nang galing yan, ha? hindi sa akin. God knows them. So you can 
tarry, you can thrive, you can be true to yourself, you can take care of your heart because God knows exactly what's happening to you. That's, look, look at, look at this guy. Oh Jacob, why do you say, oh Jacob, and assert no will, my way is hidden from the Lord and the justice due me escapes the notice of my God. Are you waiting on something? Lord, tagal-tagal na ng kaso, hanggang ngayon, wala pa rin. I'm just reminded right now of Pastor Vince Burke. You remember his preached here? His wife was involved in an accident many years ago. Years ago, ha? Up to now, hindi pa tapos yung kaso. We cannot go back to the Philippines because the case is still pending and you know how it is with lawyers. Hindi naman lahat sila. They change venue, change this, change that. God must be doing something. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, what? Does not become weary or tired. His understanding is inscrutable. So the God whom we are waiting on does not get tired. We do not necessarily understand His ways because according to this passage, His understanding is inscrutable. We cannot fathom how God does things. But we know from Romans 8.28, all He wants for us is that which is good. So if you know God, good things are going to happen. Amen? Now, if you don't know that God is good, you will struggle, you will be impatient, you will go ahead of God. But don't. 29. He gives strength to the weary, and to him who lacks might, he increases power. Though youths grow weary and tired, and vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain. Remember that rope? is to renew, is to exchange. They will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become faint. You know, there's a story about this eagle's nest thing. The eagle, the mother eagle, will prepare a nest way up there. And then she'll prepare twigs and feathers and all that so that when the, her young hatch. They are hatched in a comfortable nest. And then she brings food. She feeds them. Now there's going to come a time when these hatchlings will begin to gain weight and they will grow. And they have to be moved out of the nest. But the nest is really so high. So what the, e- the, the mama eagle will do is first she will remove all of those comfortable things. She will remove the the feathers, and whatever it is. Now, the chicks, the hatchlings who are now gaining, they now have to sit on the thorny twigs. So it's now not as comfortable as it was before. And as they continue to grow, the mama eagle will put one of the baby eagles on the edge of the nest. And guess what? The mama eagle will push the baby eagle. So the baby eagle will begin to fall from the high perch. So the baby eagle will begin to struggle, try to flap the wings. And then at the last minute, the mama eagle will come and bring the baby eagle back to the nest. And then this process, pagdating doon, tulak na naman, and then later on, over time, after doing this, after doing, ballroom dancer ako dati, after doing this, okay, after doing this, the, the baby eagle will be used to it already. The baby eagle will be used to having wing, wind under its wings. And then over time, the baby eagle will learn how to fly. But it takes the mama eagle to do this until the baby eagle learns the lesson, strengthens his wings, and begins to fly on his own. Now, let's go back to this passage. Those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. 
They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. I want to share with you that which I remember from another sermon that I heard some years ago. And it was the first time that I caught it. And maybe this is the first time you'll catch it as well. Look at the sequence. Mount up with wings like eagles. Run and not get tired. Walk and not become weary. Do you notice that the sequence is in reverse? Do you notice that the sequence is in reverse? If it's an airplane, what do you do? Taxi. Right? And then you get to the position. And then you throttle up. At a certain time, at a certain speed, you begin to take off. Here it's in reverse. Wings, running, walking. And he said simply this. When we're soaring, it is God who is the wings, who is the wind underneath our wings. He maintains us in flight. But sometimes, you're just in your take-off stage. And you're just running. What's God's promise? You will run, but you will not get tired. Sometimes, in your walk, you're just that. You're just walking. And what is God's promise? You will not become weary. You will not become weary. And God will meet you at your level. If you're there, up there, soaring with God on your intimacy, don't forget, He is the wind beneath your wings. If you're running, you're trying your best to run the race, look, you will not get tired. Those of you who are serving in marathons, People get tired, they get thirsty. Sometimes they don't make it to the end. Sometimes they don't finish. But if you're with God, you will not get tired. Now if you're walking, you're slowing down in your walk because you're encountering many problems and trials. For so long as you're with the Lord, you will walk, but you will not become weary. If this is the kind of God that we have, can we therefore can we therefore trust Him? The question to us is, are we waiting for God's timing? Are we waiting for God's timing? Intimacy with God will allow you will allow me to wait. They will what? Soar. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk but shall not faint. Are you waiting on God's timing? That's the question. Before we break out and have our small discussion group. We'd like to remind you of the women's ministry, June 23, Saturday. It's a high tea, 4 p.m., 11.02 East Swanee Lane, West Covina. And invitations are still available. Just all women are asked to meet right here after lunch. We have, uh, we have to vacate uh, the area uh, as soon as we can. Because there's an event here in this room at uh, 2 o'clock. So, yeah, whatever. But we don't usually go over time, right? So, just, uh, you know, ladies, if you can meet after, after lunch, then that would really be uh, a good meeting. I, I'm praying for that. So, again, as we've listened to the message, and we always break out for some application questions, simply this. Some applications. And you have to answer this, okay? Multiple choice, so very easy. I am most often in step with God's timing. Yeah. Or, I am behind 
may sinasabi na si God, hindi ka pa kumikilos. So you're behind. Ito naman, I'm ahead. Hindi pa nagsabi si God, inunahan mo na. So problema din yun. Right? And then, why do you say that? Why do you say, I'm in God's timing, I'm behind, I'm ahead? Simple. Right? And then, second question, how do you plan to always be in step with God's timing in your life? Is that easy enough? I'm always in front, I'm always behind, I'm always in step. Why? Why do I say that? Pangalawa, how am I planning or what am I doing about always being in step with God's timing? Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. What a joy it is, Lord God, to know that you are the kind of God that we serve. Lord, teach us, Lord, to to patiently wait because your timing is always perfect. Forgive us, Lord, when we don't want to wait. Forgive us, Lord, when we have gone ahead of you. Forgive us, Lord, when we delay obeying you when you've given us the command. For this is not what your word is telling us, Lord. When we wait, we should wait patiently for you. When we wait, we should wait expectantly for your answer. When we wait, Lord God, we should continue to listen to your voice because perhaps you're already giving us a command to move. But Father, our commitment, Lord, is we will not move until you tell us. We will not go ahead of you. We will not stay behind you. But our desire, Lord God, is to always be in step with you. Teach us, Lord. Train us. Discipline us in the area of intimacy with you so that we can also train ourselves, Lord, to wait upon you. Thank you, Lord, for your word. May you alone be glorified as we pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Alright, guys. Let's uh, go to our respective groups. And we'll keep these application questions in front of you.